Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast, the core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan. And I'm Jenny Beckesme. Jenny, I thought we could do a short review on a paper that came across my feed a couple weeks back on the initial antibiotic choice in uncomplicated cellulitis. Sound okay to you? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, so let's start with a little bit of basics. Cellulitis is obviously a common emergency department presentation. And despite the fact that it's a pretty relatively straightforward kind of thing, there's complexity that comes into the management in terms of the causative agent and then the appropriate antibiotic regimen. Beta-hemolytic streptococci are really the most common causative agents that we see with cellulitis. But there is an increasing prevalence of community-acquired methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, or MRSA. Cephalexin or Keflex has long been kind of our go-to antibiotic to treat uncomplicated cellulitis because it's got great activity against streptococci and methicillin-sensitive Staph aureus, or MSSA. Despite the current Infectious Disease Society of America, or IDSA, recommendations against routine double coverage, so covering both the strep and MRSA, with trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, it is often added to cephalexin. We see this all the time. We see patients who are routinely sent home on both antibiotics. There's other options for single coverage that covers MRSA, so things like clindamycin and doxycycline, but depending on where you are, the MRSA coverage isn't so great. And then there's the more expensive medication, linezolid. Now, since you can't really get a culture from cellulitis, or at least not in a way that's really at all feasible in the emergency department, it's unclear whether single coverage with cephalexin is adequate or if we need to be adding that TMP sulfa to get good MRSA coverage. So with that as our background, Jenny, let's dive into the article. Can you tell us what article we're going to be discussing? Yeah, so this is an article from JAMA by Greg Moran et al. called Effect of Cephalexin plus Trimethoprim Sulfamethoxazole versus Cephalexin Alone on Clinical Cure of Uncomplicated Cellulitis, a Randomized Clinical Trial. We'll put the link in the show notes. And just for the purposes of the podcast, we're going to be saying Bactrim instead of trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole for the rest of the time, because there's no <laughs> way we're going to get through this podcast if we keep saying that. So we, we might say TMP-SMX, we might say Bactrim, so you'll have to excuse us for that. And Jenny, you and I had the good fortune to see Greg speak at Essentials this year, and we got to have a drink with him. And I don't know, but I think you'll agree, he's a wicked smart guy, extremely funny, and he's clearly a very thoughtful researcher about things that we see on a frequent basis. Yes, I loved talking to this guy. He has great stories, can teach you like so many great little pearls in about five minutes with a beer. It's fantastic. It really is. And he's also a huge Elvis Costello fan. I don't know if you picked that up. Also <laughs> oh, I missed that. Band, so uh, it was great to talk to him about that. So let's dive into Greg's paper. This was a multi-center, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial looking at uncomplicated cellulitis. The patients were treated with either cephalexin plus placebo or cephalexin plus Bactrim for seven days. Uncomplicated cellulitis was defined as the presence of cellulitis without abscess, without purulence drainage, and with no associated wound. The symptoms had to be present for less than seven days, and the inclusion criteria were really pretty broad. There are some important exclusions that we do have to consider here. So IV drug use with fever, those patients were out. Concurrent infection at another site, immunosuppression and indwelling device, concern for a foreign body, decreased creatinine clearance, or the use of certain drugs including warfarin, phenytoin, and methotrexate. Despite these exclusions, it's actually a pretty broad group. That's a small group of exclusions for this kind of a topic. 
Yeah. Now, the question that they asked was, does combination therapy of cephalexin plus Bactrim result in higher clinical cure rates than cephalexin alone in the treatment of uncomplicated cellulitis? The clinical cure rate was defined as absence of clinical failure criteria defined as no increase in erythema more than 25%, no fever, swelling, or tenderness at three to four-day follow-up, no decrease in erythema, swelling, or tenderness at eight to 10-day follow-up, or anything more than minimal erythema, swelling, or tenderness at 14 to 21-day follow-up. So you can see there was kind of a, a graduated type of outcome here. So they followed up patients at three to four days, eight to 10 days, 14 to 21 days, and they were looking for clinical failure at each of those points. But the clinical failure was different. What they expected was different at each of those points. They enrolled 500 patients to achieve a 90% power so they could detect a 10% difference in outcomes. These numbers were predetermined before they started. They ended up with 496 patients in the per-protocol analysis and 411 in the intention-to-treat analysis. They did both. Yeah, overall, they found that just 52% of patients were 100% adherent to the prescribed regimen. And I, I want to say that's no big surprise, although I was still a little shocked seeing the number. About 50% of patients will actually do what we tell them to. But I guess we should know this from clinical practice. Now, as far as cure rates, when they looked at the per-protocol clinical cure, cephalexin plus Bactrim had an 83.5% rate and cephalexin plus placebo an 85.5%. So there was no statistically significant difference in their per-protocol clinical cure analysis. Now, in the modified intention-to-treat analysis that they looked at also, cephalexin plus Bactrim had a 76.2% cure rate versus a 69% in the cephalexin plus placebo group. Now, again, no statistically significant difference. The one caveat on this is that in that intention-to-treat analysis, there was a 7% difference, but the confidence interval crossed 10%. And so Greg did say in the paper with his group that we can't eliminate that there's any chance of a statistically significant difference. There just wasn't in their particular paper. Regardless of whether you look at the per-protocol analysis, which means that this is the group the patient was assigned to, or the intention-to-treat only looking at the group that took the meds they were supposed to, there was no significant difference in outcome. So no matter what measure, no matter what statistical analysis you used, no statistically significant difference. Yeah, that's exactly right. So basically, there was no added benefit to routinely adding Bactrim to uncomplicated cellulitis. I think this outcome is a little bit surprising, again, because we see lots of clinicians that are discharging patients on both Keflex and Bactrim. It's pretty common, at least in our emergency department, and from talking to friends around the country, that's pretty common where they work as well, because we have this fear for the methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. In addition, we have to think about the side effects. So when we add Bactrim, we do increase the risk of side effects. We're adding a second drug. And Bactrim has some particularly nasty side effects like Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Yeah, I agree. I see the dual therapy prescribed all, almost all the time for the majority of these patients. And I very, very specifically remember being taught as a medical student that I should be doing that. But apparently, that's really just not how it how it bears out in the evidence. Now, the other surprising thing was that regardless of the arm, we should expect that about 15% of patients or one in seven will not improve with antibiotics. I did not realize that number would be so high. I had a chance to talk about Greg with this particular point, and he said historically across studies, 15% failure rate is pretty well established. So even though you and I didn't know it, it's pretty out there in the literature, and it's something that we should warn our patients about. No matter what I give you, no matter what antibiotic you're on, there's still a 15% failure rate. The study had a number of strengths. So it was a multi-center study that 
would increase external validity just at the baseline. It had broad inclusion criteria. The follow-up evaluations occurred in person or if unable to do that by telephone. It was uh, randomized and blinded appropriately. It had a patient-centered primary outcome, cure, that's pretty patient-centered, and uh, patients lost to follow-up were considered a treatment failure, which would actually underestimate the results of this trial for a clinical cure. There were some limitations we should consider as well. The enrollment did fall just short of their goal number. They were looking for 500. They got 496. The study was powered to find a 10% difference, but smaller differences may be clinically significant. This is another point that I had a chance to talk to Greg about, and their group decided that they thought a 10% difference was enough to make a change in practice. In addition to that, ultrasound was performed on every patient to eliminate abscess. This is not standard practice in many places, and that may reduce the external applicability. And then finally, in the per-protocol group, the group that got cephalexin plus placebo had a considerably lower adherence rate. Less than 75% took the medications they were supposed to. And so this may reveal that maybe unblinding was possible. The patients knew that it was placebo. Seems unlikely, but it's something you have to consider. Now, Greg and the authors conclude... Among patients with uncomplicated cellulitis, the use of cephalexin plus trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole compared to cephalexin alone did not result in higher rates of clinical resolution of cellulitis in the per-protocol analysis. However, because imprecision around the findings in the modified intention-to-treat analysis included a clinically important difference favoring cephalexin plus trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, further research may be needed. Now, does this match our conclusions? Pretty much. In patients with cellulitis and no evidence of abscess who are well-appearing without signs of systemic infection, it is reasonable to treat with antibiotics covering strep and not adding initial coverage for MRSA. So you can give them cephalexin alone. Patients should be given follow-up and get good instructions to return for treatment failure. Our bottom line from this study is that the routine addition of TMP sulfa to cephalexin in patients with uncomplicated cellulitis did not result in an increased clinical cure rate. Based on the best evidence available now, providers should just follow the IDSA recommendations for initial treatment. We'll drop the IDSA recommendations in the show notes in a flowchart that is very helpful in guiding your management, as well as some links to blog posts from Brian Hayes and Ryan Radecki on this particular article. That's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus, and on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.